that very like clearly and um, the, the, I kind of don't the do guy or anything I can pop this guy off with oh uh, yeah uh, or is it a twist no? I think it's probably a pop the guy at wait the guy at AA said when yeah. you when you tried to reckon the fact that you were like I have a problem yeah I was really young here. I was like 26 and I was like I think I'm an alcoholic and the guy was like well you know like you might be but you probably he's like I don't he's like I don't really necessarily think you meet that criteria but he was like it's not about the word you know it's not about any of that like and I agree with him like when I look back on it I totally get what he meant really yeah I think who knows he may have been trying to like soften the blow like don't label yourself an alcoholic or whatever mm, yeah okay but I think don't put yourself in that box if he was a, yeah and yeah. he was a very seasoned so my dad was a Boston cop and this guy was who the Boston cops called when they had a, an addiction issue alcohol wow. or okay or so drugs he, he, so he dealt with this a million times in a million dealt with a million yeah in a million different ways just saying a million different times in a million different ways yeah never had met him before in my life yeah. like and I you know I called my dad for help or went home and uh, this was God this was like 2009 or like in summer it was actually around this time of year because I always think of it in August wow 2009 because okay. drinking or not I am just like miserable in August really? like the weather doesn't agree with me so it always cracks me up sometimes around the middle of August if I'm having like a really bad day <laughs> I'm like I think this might have been what was happening in 2009 <laughs> and I was just like well better go to the bar and blackout because this <laughs> this is just as indicative of something and um yeah so it was kind of like it feels like a very distant memory now but I went and I do think so here's this, this this story I always tell. I was probably your typical guy who just drank too much for a very long time. I worked in bars. I was living in New York City. Everything was free. Everything I ever drank was free. That's, yeah. So that's, I was this karaoke DJ, comedian, or a bartender. One of those three things. All of them got free drinks. And like most people who are sort of slipping down the wrong road, I knew where I could go to get the free drinks. So I would kind of stay in that world, right? Yep. And, um... So anyway, what ended up happening was my anxiety, like every comedian, it was just getting out of control. And I did the absolute dumbest thing you can do, which was like, I just started drinking, like every time I had anxiety, which was literally telling my brain, like, this is what works. Yep. So every time I started to get anxious, it was slow. It took like three months. It was like, every time I got anxious, what did I want? A drink, right? Um, starts with because one, it, because a it, it beer. Would, yeah, it would start with me having like a tough karaoke shift and then being like, give me a shot and a beer. You know what I mean? Just to get, like, I'm pissed, oh, you know? And it happened fast. And so then my parents called me and go like, hey, uh, you know, we're going to, I think it was Europe. They'd like saved for this trip like yeah. their whole life and they were going to, and they were like, you want to come like watch our house, watch the dog? I'm like, absolutely. And in my mind, I'm like, this would be a perfect opportunity to like get out of New York and just go up to Boston, like dry out and like get my shit back together. Mm -hmm. So I just went home and they went to Europe, I think for 30 days. And I spent the entire, the entire 30 days in their house drinking all the liquor they had there. Just an absolute bender. Just a bender. My first and last. A month-long bender. A month-long, like, waking up in the middle of the night. I remember at one point, this woman came over to, like, pick up something, you know, something my mom had, like, borrowed from her or something. And I saw in her eyes, like, what is happening here? <laughs> you know, because I probably looked like hell, you know? So my, I, I sort of was aware of a time passing or whatever, and I was like, oh, my parents are going to be home in, like, two days, so I'm trying to, like, get it together. Trying to... 
doing like this super run that dry yeah, out now doing this horrible job i had god i mean i called so many people and it was a really the lowest by far a really 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 low point and but it was also the beginning of everything because it was like i just had to admit like when i look back on it now it was really anxiety that had gotten out of control and like your outlet for it was alcohol so not even so that's i what i really had to admit was this anxiety problem cannot be fixed like just by me (laughs) on my own like i've been trying forever and it definitely can't be fixed by you with booze and fuck no with that like that was that was it because it really i mean i'm not gonna give it all to anxiety because then just the health damage i did to myself like in that in just those couple last couple months where i like wasn't eating and and stuff so then when i quit i just stopped and i did i did have like that horrible like i couldn't sleep for three days like um i basically had a panic attack for three days i didn't have like a seizure and i wasn't like because i wasn't physically really dependent on it yet but i was probably as close as someone can get without i was thinking too when we were talking about that one of the other comics who was having you know having trouble panic attack before stage not jay not the other one um and he quit drinking that's having heightened anxiety is part of the first it's withdrawal yeah 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 it's It's i mean even the average person who doesn't have any issue with alcohol or even maybe an anxiety issue like will get what they call anxiety right right yeah it's just part of it you you're giving yourself like a dopamine response you know and i mean even i had last night i watched that terrible red sox game but oh, i probably yeah, they had got, they got fucking they got smoked. smoked by the worst team in baseball yeah, I was, and i yeah. probably had four be, four bud lights over the whole course of a long baseball game yeah and then like wasn't not even close to drunk or anything like that yeah. and i still when i woke up this morning felt like a tinge of like ugh, like i'm a little dude well uh, it you just know? it just hangs with you yeah. you know it, it's that lingering like it's so fun in that moment it gives it's that yeah. borrowing happiness it's that phrase borrowing it's happiness so from true. tomorrow for tonight I, f- I do feel sometimes that I have like an incredibly unique sort of view of alcohol like because I did it to its extreme took this really long break of like 12 years yeah almost 13 years and then decided I, sp- I really spent a couple years deciding it wasn't like one night I just looked at a bottle of beer and was like fuck it and was like it was, the wagon's not for me it was anymore. like i thought about it i discussed yeah. it with like my wife and friends and yeah and other people and i like kind of sought out i there's a few people in comedy who had successfully done the same thing yeah so i'm like reaching out and i really was like anyone who quit drinking for a period of time will tell you like ending the streak is a big thing like you don't want to do it you know it's like even if you're kind of over it i remember one of the things was people would still come to me and be like, Hey man, I'm having trouble with drinking. And I realized after 13 years, like I didn't even really know what to say anymore. Like I was kind of like, I didn't have it. I was like mimicking my former self and what I used to say to people, but I lost like, it just became a speed. It was almost like the act. Mm -hmm. You were just rattling it off. There was no feeling behind it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So in a weird way, I was like, I don't want to be that guy anymore either. Who people, come to thinking I have some kind of like answer to this problem because you don't because I don't my answer was like stop for a long time go on fucking SSRIs like because that was the thing I quit I quit and then like two months later like a month after I quit I went on um Zoloft and I've been on it ever since and I always think like this is what I if I had just gone on this one one of the things 
I think is great about now. I think there is sometimes an over diagnosis of people with things, but mm-hmm. I really think, and I did get the childhood of like, what well, you don't have, what what do you have to worry about? What's anxiety? Yeah, you don't I, have this. No one wanted to put me on anything, and it really could have changed like a lot. I could have saved myself probably that big meltdown in '09, and <laughs> and a lot of bad nights in New York City. You know what I mean? Like uh, I used to just walk the streets of New York City like at ten. Well, I, by the way, thank you for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> Sad fucking shit with Will Noonan, everybody. Like we jumped right into it, but that's fucking. I, that's what I love about this is just it's a conversation yeah. that continues. Well, you ply me with and pancakes and bacon. Yeah, and I was gonna say, Mr. Will Noonan, someone I've been dying to get in this chair, uh, and you see why now for the first eight minutes. He's <laughs> so well spoken, one of Boston's best. Oh, thanks, man. Asked for just straight up plain pancakes <laughs> um, and bacon, and and yes, and bacon. Now, real quick, I, before we get back to all that because i i knew you were in new york for a little bit oh, yeah almost 10 years so you're from here though yeah yeah so speaking of anxiety <clears throat> this had a big part to do with it so i've always had that like a lot of comedians a lot of creative people i think i was born with anxiety absolutely and my mom was born with anxiety too so she was like the gas on my fire that was already like my mom was a very scared woman was it anxiety? is she's still alive <laughs> she's still very scared yeah i was gonna say is she still alive a and still scared yeah and she is she's <laughs> even more so scared you know was it anxiety for her though because if it was they didn't even, have a name for I it i was gonna say it was just it was just her personality i was nervous yeah that, same you know. they would call her a nervous lady yeah she was over um, a lot of people used to call her an overprotective mother okay when i was a kid see so that label too a big one is oh sorry yeah i was gonna say that label comes off as mostly positive exactly and you know it was all from love in her own fears but if you go deeper into it then it's like she's overprotective because she's so worried and anxious you know so it's yeah and my sister likes who is my sister's got good perspective on this because she's older now and has kids and older than you too yeah i'm the youngest by a lot my sister's nine years older than me my brother's seven years older than me so then there was this Mm. long so that's another reason why i got i was kind of like an only child but not an only child yeah so i'd get like this everyone would go to work or high school or college and i was kind of left with this anxious woman like alone (laughs) you know and i'm not trying to trash my mom because she's got a lot of amazing qualities you know but i think even she would admit that at times yeah you kind of download stuff onto your kid a little bit or just she was very afraid of react well it's just like you see how media affects people too she was very afraid of like what she would see on the news so it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of you know kids getting kidnapped a lot of people my age will be like the white van like everyone's afraid of getting thrown in a white van you know it's like it was always on the tv like the the white van was the was the boogeyman yeah missing kids you know like the terrorism of the 90s you know and uh my mom was afraid of that she was afraid of skin cancer so she would always like slather me in sunscreen and but this is the thing i always bring up i always remember is so my mom would always go we have a code word you know in our family she would say this like maybe once a week we'd be driving somewhere when i'm five years old four years old sitting in the back of the seat so if someone comes to school and ask and they're going to pick you up from school they need to know the code word like what's the code word and i would say it and i'd be like the code word was turner which was my grandmother's maiden name and i'd be like 
but but what she was doing was like setting me up for this universe where like guys are coming to my school to exactly. kidnap me which it's it's again it goes back to that she's being protective but we have to look deeper into it because yeah. she's hammering it home so hard that mm-hmm. now your worldview is like is someone trying to fucking take so, me so and then years are they later not telling me about something ex- ex- exactly <laughs> like something bad's gonna happen something yeah. bad's gonna happen and I ended up years ago going to a support group for people with anxiety and uh, we all had code words growing up. (laughs) (laughs) It was like nine of the 12 people in the group had a code word with mom. (laughs) What's crazy, me and my sister had a code word for, you know, like we're in a situation, please come bail us out of it that we still use to this day. Yeah, I mean, it's code words are good. You just try and like shift it, you know, like get that into the conversation and no one really hears it and then all of a sudden that's your out. So it is totally a good thing. Totally good to have code words. But you, I feel like the first part of that is like, hey, here's our code word. Pause. No one's actively trying to take you. Yes, the world is a bad place, but you're safe. Exactly. Instead of just like, there's a bad man. He's going to take He's going to come to school. He's going to know our names. And he's going to say, do you know your mother's maiden name? Yeah, and my, and she would also sort of frame it and sometimes, well, maybe we'll be in a car accident while you're at school and they'll need to come get you. Someone strange will need to come get you. And we'll and tell then all them of a sudden word. you're like, oh my God, are you going to get in a car accident? All alone? that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm even like, my armpits are getting sweaty talking about this. So it's not, obviously not gone. Uh, it's but never gone. It's never, ever going to be gone either. Yeah. That's what I tell people too. It's more something you got to learn how to just like sort of. You just go like, that's my buddy, man. That's my that's my friend anxiety. He's going to hang for like 20 minutes and then he's going to leave. Exactly. You know, you, you just have to, it's also for us, like it's the gift and the curse. It's like the same part of your brain that makes, that can fucking think of something funny to say to a heckler in one second is the same part of your brain that can be like, you're going to die in one, yeah, and convince you that in one yeah, second. It, like, like my mom's going to get in a car accident. It's yeah, the like same it's part just creativity, you know? Yeah. Stephen King can... I mean, he thinks of that stuff that he writes. There has to be days where he's like, am I a psychopath Absolutely. or not? You know? And he struggles with anxiety. A lot of people do. He struggles with endings, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we were talking a little bit about this before, um, how COVID was such a big shift for a lot of people where yeah. you, you want this control, you want your day to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then all of a sudden COVID, it's like, wait, the Greek alphabet is part uh, of it? You know, holy shit, this is a curveball. So we were talking how a lot of people now are more like laissez-faire, you know, trying to be detached from that anxiety. And if you, and how you said you were like, oh, I'm definitely, I fall into that camp. So how did you make that switch if your Um, whole life you've been like with this, you know, (laughs) lovely woman, but you know, that's who showed you like, you have to be nervous about the world. Well, How did so shit happen whole, for you then? That's the whole thing is like, I feel like anxiety with me has been like this come and go thing. Like I'll go mm. years. So sort of like booze then if that's, you know, yeah, you yeah sort to, of. Yeah. I went like years. So I would say like I had it until about in sixth, seventh grade. I had it pretty bad. And they, classic. this is classic too. I go to the doctor's for help and they're like he probably has asthma because he says he can't feels like he can't breathe so then they gave me a steroid which is just like speed <laughs> and then you just dude so I'd be sitting in class my heart would be racing it's, it's like an antihistamine yeah. it's like gonna hype you no, up and it, then you're just gonna get more anxious I remember it was like a month of me going like everything's getting worse now my hands shake now my, <laughs> oh my now God. I'm like feeling dizzy and they were like well maybe that was wrong <laughs> probably just 
probably just misses his brother. I remember they said that because my brother was in oh, I mean, college. I was like, what the fuck, you know? Uh, so that, so, but then, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, girls, I start doing theater, high school theater. I start like zero anxiety. Like I'm the happiest mm. kid. Uh, high school was, you know, cool, socially cool. I had a great time with everything. Yeah. Then, uh, so then I go to uh, college and, you know, theater school in New York. So I was like, obviously not that anxious because I was like theater kid, wanted to be an actor. Well. Wasn't afraid to go to New York. How you present, it's the same thing. It's, yeah. It's, but in these days I was like cocky and fucking. Oh. Like, and like. Was just, it a front though? I don't I think I was running on like pure hormones, like mm. pure, just like. Yep. That'll do it too. I'm happy. I'm like, I'm, I'm. I'm cool. I have to put my best foot forward to impress the the theater girls. Yeah, like I would do crazy shit. I'm, Shout I'm, out theater girls. We, st- I, yeah. I still have a soft place Just in my heart for you. Smoking cigs with you. Just behind <sighs> buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the best. Right, times. nailed Just, it right on the. You know what I mean. <laughs> Sneaking off to some random room in the high school that yeah. no one's there to make out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, make out a little bit in like a photo like and lab. Like, oh, wait, our call's in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I got a key to the theater. I got a key to the dressing room. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then, so then I go to New York and it, uh, and then, so I'm in New York, loving it. I'm there for two months. 9-11 happens uh, while I'm on the street while I'm in class the first plane hit then they were like this might be bad everyone should go back to their dorms while I'm walking back to the dorm we see the second plane hit no way so you were there yeah I was there there I was I mean believe me I was on 70th and Broadway so I was not like in near danger but you saw saw it with my naked eye you saw 9-11 yeah yeah Holy shit! Yeah, and I still like I still dude. This like a have Mickey, dreams I feel, about I was gonna it. Say, I feel like this, this is like a Mickey Mantle rookie card. Like, no, it is. It's crazy. like crazy. Like it's a Mickey Mantle rookie card that also three million other people have though. That's what's funny about it because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people who were there that point. day, including people in New Jersey and Brooklyn, and it was a clear September day where, but. You used if you lived in Manhattan before the towers fell, they were your compass. You go, which way is downtown? Oh, there's a tower. That's downtown. Which oh, way is? You could okay. always see them from any place in the city. Yeah, it's like a north star. Exactly right. Yeah. So to have those smoking was crazy, and then to have them on fire was crazy, and then to have them not be there was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Now that you put it that way, of like that's everyone's yeah. point of direction to mm-hmm. just wipe off that from the map of it was nuts i mean the whole thing is it's that the frame of mind that is like almost oh god i don't know where i am and it's my home like wow so unsurprisingly my anxiety came like right back after that well like i think a week or two before 9-11 i had flown to france to see a my girlfriend her family paid for it that's cool i spent a week with a family i didn't know flew back a guy on the plane had like a heart attack it the flight that should have been six hours took like 14 hours and i never oh. got anxiety once the entire time and then maybe just two p- or three, just pissed off like just why pissed off like i wish i could have a cig right now and then like two sometimes i still go i just wish i could be that guy again for like a week you know just who to just have never one. got nervous oh i thought you meant to have a cig <laughs> oh that i could have a cig if i want i can have one anytime i want uh <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> but they uh yeah and then it was like this happened and it was just like anything it was like i just i think it rocked my worldview like it did a lot of people but it was like all the the past few years that i had had of like everything's going my way it was like yeah well everything can be going your way but like you can't control 
the so, world. So that's happened to you a handful of times then. Yep. If you, you see 9-11, COVID, you're, I mean, so if you're, you're like 28 then in 2008 yeah. then maybe? I have for the, I, my generation, I think, like the class, I graduated high school in 01. I think the class of like 01, 2000. So like a good example of this would be all the guys in my high school who like joined the army, like hundreds of millions of guys had before them with no fear of ever going to war. You know what I mean? Yeah. From the 19 fucking 60s or 70s until 2000, no one who was in the army like was in any danger. It was just a way to pay for college and like Interest, yeah. do shit. Well, All these guys from my high school who were like think? planning on that had to go to Afghanistan and, and yeah, fight. Was, they Afghanistan were, definitely was. And they were like the combat. first ones. Gulf War had some skirmishes, right? Yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's not like no, no chance, but like it was more not say, wars. It was, de it was definitely were conflicts. like a, yeah, or like a let's go hang out in the tech room. Yeah, and we'd, we'd you know policing other nations yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I remember that. I remember a few guys panicking because they were like, "Dude, I didn't think I was going to be like fighting in a fucking war. Like, I thought I was just going to go to wow. camp in Texas for a few years and then pay for college." You know, that is crazy. So then, so a lot of us too. Like, so then, if you went to a four-year school, you graduate in oh four or oh five, which is so great you get a job then what hits 08 the recession that's what i was everyone just, lost their I jobs would, yeah and that's when 08 09 was when i got really bad with the drinking but and for that reason too because even i had been making i was just making less and less and less but it also forced me so once i did quit drinking in 09 i just had no job i was gonna say did you have a job and i had no job i decided to move crash. back here i was okay. like new york is killing me like yeah. it's too much i don't even like it anymore I came up here and did like a couple spots and I was like, I think I'm going to love Boston comedy, mm, which obviously okay. I did. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> I, uh, anyway, I just remember like I quit drinking. I came up here and then I couldn't get a job. I was going on job interviews. I was applying for jobs, all this shit, family, friends, couldn't get anything. So it just, I just kept sticking to comedy, sticking to comedy. Because it's 09. And yeah, you, and no one's, no one's, your mom or dad isn't like, get a job, you know? Because yeah. it's like, I can't. Yeah, it's, I'm trying. What's a job? And then by the end <laughs> of the recession. Who has jobs? All my friends were moving back home and yeah. people with great degrees. So then uh, by the end of the recession, I was a full-time comic and it was like. That's crazy. So in a weird way, I can't, you know, fault it too much because it was like. Yeah. What was that me. like three, four years of the recession? From yeah, like I remember my mom. Like we're at like twelve. Yeah, we're at like some family dinner. And my mom was like, "Well, Billy, like you got to get another job. Like, where are we gonna look for you? I they're hiring at this place." And my sister goes like, "He has a job. He's a comedian now. He oh, works. that's awesome." She was like, "He works every weekend. Oh, that's, that's his job. That's sick." That your sister. Yeah, she was stepped like, up like that. My sister stepped cool up like and was, uh, yeah. was it like. Were you already looking at yourself as a working comedian, or was that the like? It was first also time no. It was like she was telling it. us both, kind of. Yeah, that's so you know? cool. Then that she was like, no, I remember please. that moment extremely clearly. You know how like the ones that matter, you just remember it. Like, oh, definitely. So I remember that very clearly. I was like, yeah, like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I am I, a comedian I am now. Working every I was like, weekend. I work all the time, and I was still hosting, so I wasn't making a, a lot of money yet. But you know, once you're a feature, you can, and if you're working all the time, you can, yeah. you can pay rent and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's, it's. Well, I should say that too. I moved back in with my parents for like two years, you know, which was hard. I'd been out since 18 and I moved back in at like 26, 27, but it wasn't that hard because everyone was doing it. Mm, that, that so time. that lined up. So we've had a couple, uh, you're cohort from soft the soft boys days which oh, is that guy which is no moss i guess <laughs> that's what that's what he told me yeah it's no more um he moved back home and 
we've had a couple other comics and I just think that that's it's now becoming a little more yeah again accepted okay yeah and I think um, especially I if it's oh nine, especially if it's oh nine and everyone. That was doing an amicable uh, podcast breakup. Me and Del Volpe had. That was both of us wanted. Oh, it re- oh, it, was, it, oh, okay. it wasn't like we're still buddies. I was just I was going to say you guys are still boys. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. No, I was just I talked to him every day. That'd be that'd be crazy if you guys yeah. weren't. No, we still talk all the time. We still work together all the time. Everything. We might even do another podcast together. I was just like, I can't right now with all this shit. And, uh, yeah, going on, but. Uh, so, if but yeah, I think that's. I never really got a lot of money from my parents. I never really got a ton of like. Uh, they weren't like giving me cars. They weren't like giving me money. But they were cool. They were so cool about that that I always think like you know without them I never would have. That's been able a to do. well. That's a huge leg up. I mean, I was gonna say if everybody hadn't been doing that in you know '09, would you have felt like shit? You know, like yeah. oh, I I was in New York. Absolutely. Now I gotta go back with my oh, parents. I, like, you're so right. I think for a few years in New York, I was just that's what I was already doing. I was like, I can't leave, go home because then I'm a failure, but I hate it here. And I just beating yourself up daily, daily, in, in all a place day, every you day. Don't want to be. Yeah. It's, and I had a shitty group of friends too. Like I don't talk to any of them anymore. Like, were they comics or no? Uh-huh. No, I had, I mean, right, they were becoming to be, I was yeah. starting to be a comedian and I'm still friends with those comedians. Yeah. Sam Morell was one of the first guys, I, I the first open mic I was ever No on. shit, really? Yeah. That's so funny. But like my bar friends and my karaoke friends, like when I look back, I'm like, we were just like all shitheads. We were all like being shitty people yeah. and we were like, if we just all can be together, we're just, we're just a group of people. We're not like shitty in our own. I was having this discussion the other day uh, with a buddy who came from college. Uh, he's a buddy from college. He came to visit. That's a better way to phrase that. Um, and we were having that same thing of like, wow, it's so nice to see you. Like we were actually friends during that time yeah. and not just near each other. Yeah. Because that's the easiest way to make friends when you are a kid is just like, we've talked about it on this pod before of just like, you're close to me. We're in school. Uh, yeah. We have the same class. We're now friends. Yeah. But then exactly. when you grow up, it's kind of like, Oh man, they were just kind of there. And that's a it's really so shitty realization. It's hard to have that. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes you go, we were sort of, we were sort of huddling together in a storm, like, you know, mm, for warmth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. too, New York is full of friendships like that. You just two miserable fucks, like, find each other <laughs> and go like, hey, like, at least we're not lonely. I need some body heat. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's it's a tough place, man. It's I loved it there, but it's, I don't feel, when I go back, I don't feel like the pull anymore. I'm, yeah, like, it's, I'm just like, this place is hard. It's, it's hard. definitely, I mean, dude, it's the concrete jungle. Yeah. Like it's, and it's scary. I mean, I, you know, people... I've had, I've tons of friends over there, whether comedian friends or you know from when I grew up, and both every every angle of friend is like, when are you moving here? When, it's time, and I'm like, it I really know, changes. Things, things are going well here. Too, it's fun. Like, <laughs> it changes who it changes your personality to live there. You have to be a certain way to live there. Interesting. You have to like build up a very thick wall around you because how, who else how else can you walk to work and pass five schizophrenic people who are like could die that day and someone on the street like moaning in pain and another guy's trying to hand you something and you're saying no another guy's trying to rob you yep. you know what I mean and then there's 14 million advertisements hitting you and then there's someone going rich people making you feel shitty about being poor like it's just like no matter what you it's, know do you, it's again all angles yeah and maybe and I think that's also why people want 
their friends to move to New York too because misery loves company. <laughs> misery loves two miserable fucks. It's like I'm a miserable fuck. Yeah. I want to make someone else a miserable. Yeah, you fuck. want you want to have someone else like living in a small apartment and kind of like <laughs> hanging with you. It's true. I mean, I don't, I I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it when I was young. Yeah. I, and I was obsessed with it. Like I wanted to live there my whole life. Of course. And, and I think it's a young person city. I also think it's like an art, art. I think New New York is not. You know, like even when I was there, I felt like, man, this isn't like what I was really promised. Like mm. you had to, well, even then you could seek out artistic communities, but it was ever more and ever more, just like Boston kind of is now becoming more of a rich person place and less of like an artistic poor person place. All of the fucking luxury apartments that are going up yeah. and then we go do shows in their lobby or, yep. you know, it's, it's so funny. It's the trickle down it's economics. Very, yeah. It's, it's crazy. But it's quite a, just a trickle. <laughs> It's not they, the emphasis on trickle and so the trickle down. When you say so, do you have to kind of buy into the dream of New York? Then oh, foe, shut! You have to believe in yourself, and you have to be working well, hard on your definitely, dream. Definitely, that's I totally agree there. Like believing in yourself, but I mean also literally believing in New York. Like, hey, it's New York. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, the yeah. best place in the world. Which I am. That I totally think New York City is incredible. Fucking love the Knicks, Mets, yeah. Range you're like I, you know, I love being the city. A bacon, egg, and cheese from a bodega makes me, you know, so happy. Dollar slices, all that shit. Tins, yeah. Snapples, all, it's the best. But <laughs> it is kind of a a shiny object. Yeah, it's that you, a, um, you do have to kind of. It's like a lot of things in our trick culture. yourself with because the other side of that shiny object is how you said. Well, you know that that raises kind of an interesting point though. Is I think that's a metaphor for a lot of things like in life. Like, I mean, I've I was surprised. I've been surprised a lot of times, and and that that's kind of thing. New York. I was surprised when I started to dislike New York. And I was surprised when I started working with like famous people or famous yeah. headliners. I was very surprised at how they were and like what their actual lifestyle was. You know, mm. before there was Instagram, it was just media, and it's the same thing. Like you go, this is how a comedian lives, or this is how an actor lives. Mm -hmm. And then you, the reality of it is very different. It's an extremely hard job and extremely hard like a lot of life. Lo lonely nights at a Hampton Inn. Super tough like lifestyle you yeah. know and just like a, living in new york you have to have you have to sort of like change your personality for it and all this kind of stuff so i i definitely like yeah i think that's the way it is it's like but it's also okay to go man it's been 10 years since i started this dream i'm not the same person i was when i started this dream i just have to deal with like what i have right now and like what i want right now you're not the same person and also being 10 years in you've now seen some of the things that you thought how we were just talking like is so shiny oh yeah that hampton inn is a little dusty like, yeah what's yeah. the loneliest night that comes to mind oh my god on the road i can tell you right now because i this is when i sort of started really getting away from the road because i because <laughs> you were like i'm gonna fucking kill myself i was like yeah this is horrible <laughs> oh, i've like had this instance so many times in comedy where i've like like worked i go wow i worked years to get to this moment and i hate it <laughs> i cannot tell you how many times i've had that thought where i've been like man like 
I am, I am like the biggest sucker. Maybe Bolger is on the in the planet. Yeah, I mean, trust me, he is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was, no, I was never like a massive road dog. Like I've done it. I've been, you know, I did a few weeks down in Florida. I did like Ohio, um, and I would for a while. I was doing like Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I would go out on these like, but they would usually be four or five days at a time, like nothing too bad. Rural Pennsylvania is, it's nuts out there. They, people literally have like a different skull shape <laughs> in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember, Humans from the past. Yeah, I remember looking out at this audience and I was like, you guys look like a bunch of like colonial people out there, like with your huge blocky skulls. It's because we are. We have yeah. not changed, yeah, Mr. Like, Noonan. They're like knitting a quilt while they watch the show. Um, but... I was like more comedy please I started to do I started to add more days to make more money started to add more days so sure. I I finally got to like this two week stretch but it was New England but it was I was working my way up to the Canadian border of like Maine like the northern Maine like that deep 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 Alaska part of Maine and are you road dogging it for you know, you said two weeks, so you're doing like Monday to like. Yeah, it was. Through. I was doing these like private gigs and mm-hmm. colleges, and it was a mix of everything. Yep. Colleges. This one guy did it. He like one one dude booked me for all the places, and uh, I was like cracking, starting to crack just from being alone, just from like the time alone. Mm-hmm. And I would do these multiple shows a day, and I have, I do like a cup of coffee before I go on stage, and uh, I just remember I'd be drinking coffee like all day long, like. Cause that was my ritual, like yeah. to have a cup of coffee and do the set. <laughs> so it all ends. Why are, why are my hands shaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all ends. And there were some, f- there were a few exciting moments in there. I did like a small <laughs> town in Maine where like some woman ran up on stage and tried to like stop the show. <laughs> like I had a, I had a cop. Oh God, <laughs> Danny's dying. <laughs> Is that the wrong pipe? Is that oh, not the that worst? Was the wrong pipe. It's the worst. Wait, why'd she run up onto the show? That's when death just walked. Death just went. Hey, Danny, not today, but one day. I- <laughs> you know this feeling? One day it's just gonna go until you black out this and die. Song from Puss in Boots starts whistling. <laughs> the fucking last witch. Starts that movie's like burning hair, and you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> you know I'll be back one day. Yep. <laughs> God damn! Um, why'd you run up on stage? It was, dude. It was like were that you movie. on? It was like that movie Footloose, man. Like, <laughs> I was in this town. No laughing allowed. Yeah, I was in this town where it was just like things that were things that were like not allowed to say. Were like we oh, didn't know. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I was just talking about my. Bro- I just was talking about having a gay brother. Like, I hadn't gotten so into see, anything. You about don't even it. have. You're not even like. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm jerking off. That's why they um, hired me. Yeah. You know? Like, you're pretty PG. It was one of the, still to this day, one of the weirdest things I ever experienced because, like, before I went on, all these people in the, from the town were there and they were like, can't wait to see it. They were like, slapping me on the back and they were like, you're so awesome. We watch your stuff. You're fucking great. Da, da, da. Kissing my ass, basically. Then I go on and everyone's laughing. It wasn't like a bad show. And then she, she, she must've been important in this town. Cause she gets up and she's like, that's enough. I've heard enough. And the place was just like, okay, okay. If that's what she says. Oh. And my backpack or whatever was like through the, I had to like weave and get it. And all the people who were like kissing my ass, like they couldn't even look me in the eye. 
It was like something out of a movie, dude. I was gonna say, so you're just the outcast in this small main town yeah. now, dude. That's the that's the intro to a horror movie. It was nuts, dude. You try me. to run and grab your backpack, get to your car, all of a sudden the tires are slashed. It like, like felt, yeah, yeah. We got out there. I'm sorry, my brother's gay. No, like, I mean I this is this is a true story. Like when we got out there, I don't know what to tell you. I get out to the parking lot, and there's the other comic whose car is already running, and. A, one of those, a local like, cop. Yeah. Oh my. And the cop God. goes, uh, "I'm just gonna make sure you guys get out of town. Okay, I'll follow you to the, no to the end of town." No shit. Yeah. You got a police escort out of this. Yeah. Which I've had. Sat, I've town. had a few times in my life. A I got escort out of town. <laughs> I haven't gotten that. I got a. Uh, do you remember Alana Fodden? Yeah. 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 I, uh, she very kindly. It was. It was a very nice role reversal of the genders. Uh, there was a terrible heckler the whole show and i you know went up and addressed it and it went well and then uh afterwards she's like thanks for doing that but also i'm gonna walk you to your car and i was like uh, no that's cool like don't worry like i'll be fine i think he's fine and she was like no i know him and yeah. i have a gun just in case and i was like whoa yeah, okay that, I mean, it's that kind it's, of situation that's Thank real you, yeah it happens i mean new hampshire comics, baby comics who didn't get walked have been beaten and shot and stuff you know it's, it's, it's which is so great it i mean i've seen it enough time i never i guess i've never really let it frighten me a ton because i just E, that, even to me that seems so outlandish that like this person's actually gonna do this you know what i mean but okay. i also think that's me my the way my brain works is like don't take this seriously or else you'll like just freak out so just like take it try not to take it seriously until you're like you're in your car and you're safe and then you'll yeah then you'll be able to go like oh this was <laughs> fucked up yeah okay and you can yeah but yeah so anyway the end of that was in in vermont it was just beautiful my the hotel they got me was amazing it was like this cabin it had like i'm sitting by the fire and i just done the gig and this was my last gig and i was gonna get to go home you just gotten the police escort no yeah that was the night before this all right all right so i'm up there like smugglers and someplace really nice you know and i'm sitting there this is place people pay a thousand dollars a night for so it's supposed to be one of the most comped for you it's your yeah it's i'm in the middle of the new vermont wilderness it's like the summer and it's like midnight and I'm sitting there miserable, like shaking with energy. And I just went, you know what? I could be back in Boston by four 30 in the morning and then I'd sleep in my own bed today. And, and then I went, I looked around this like beautiful room. It looked like something out of like a Norman Rockwell painting. And I was like, you know, if I can have a panic attack here and be miserable here, I can real, I'm really at the top of this game. I can do this anywhere. I can real, if I can, <laughs> I'm made for this shit, This is baby. practically like a spa. This and is. I'm like fucking like, I want to be home. I want to be back in Boston. There, but so that's dude, what I did. And then about an hour into that drive, I really regretted my decision. <laughs> yeah. When you're doing the math of, okay, it's midnight. I can be home from this gig. I'll get in my bed at 3.30. Totally worth it. Then though, when it hits 2 a.m., yeah. you're like, oh, this was the worst. You're like, I'm the dumbest fucking guy. And uh, I think that was the last time I took a Xanax too. I had, I would never had an issue with Xanax. In fact, I had this bottle that like had so long, it like looked like I bought it off the street. <laughs> so I had it for like two years. And, uh, but I just remember that I got home and after this two weeks, I was just so like high strung. And just high strung. That yeah. I took a Xanax and slept for like eight hours and nine hours. <sighs> That's well deserved. Did, yeah. you wait, did you wake up feeling better? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because again, you're in your own bed. Like, yeah. dude, shit, right? I just, I just have realized I'm not, I like, I'm this weird guy who really likes his alone time, but I don't want to just be alone all the time. No, there's, I'm, I totally know what you mean. I think that's called, there's, 
dog people, there's cat people, uh, and then I think it was fox people, which is that like in between of, ah. yes, I'm in, you know, I like being in a group. I enjoy this time, but also I need to be alone yeah. and get like a recharge. This is too much for me. Yeah. So I think you're right. I, I, I really, I think that's why I like being married. I really like it because it's like, I get my day. She works all day while I'm like doing my comedy, putting around, mm-hmm. like just scheduling, writing, working out or whatever. And then she comes home and then we spend like some time together and then I leave and go do gigs. And, and then on like one day, one night a week on a weekend or something or one night we'll like both be home and right. we'll just hang out on Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You get, but you know, do like a dinner or whatever, but that schedule works. For, and but it's she, nice. Yeah. Does it work for her too? Is she cool yeah, we, with the, you know, the like, hey, two ships kind of in the night sometimes? Because yeah, that can be I mean, really hard we, to find for a partner. When we have, she's cool with almost all of it. When we have, I mean, she has a pretty demanding job too. So it's like when we have, it hasn't happened in a while, but every now and then the schedules just don't line up and it's like, right, yeah. hi, see you later. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I live with you, but I haven't seen you in two weeks. This is yeah. crazy. And we had, we had a little, when she first, she works in a hospital and when she first got that and it was like right after COVID. So everything was crazy. And it was, um, we both, there was, there was a period of time where it was tough for us to just not see each other. Like we both, we both realized we were like down and we were like, why are we so down? And I was like, maybe cause we like don't hang out anymore <laughs> because. Oh yeah. I haven't seen my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt like, I felt like I was single again because you're doing everything for yourself. You know, like oh, one of the things wow. you do when you're married is like you help you do things for yeah, each other. Yeah, it's a team. Exactly. Yeah. It's partnership. So then going back to that. Going back to doing everything While for still yourself. wearing the ring, you're like, where's my person? Yeah. <laughs> it's like only, there was a time where we were only seeing each other like asleep in bed, you know? Wow. But oh, it was man, short. That's gotta be it was weird. weird. Yeah. It was weird. And, uh, just but we disconnect from the person you're sleeping next to. Yeah. It was like, I would come in and just give her unconscious yeah, like quite, body like, hey. a kiss. Yeah. Good thing I'm well practiced in that as a comedian. <laughs> 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 no, but, uh, it's, but it, it, it's ebbs and flows and it's all pretty, I think we found a nice sort of rhythm with it that, that every, I, I take more days though. Like I, I'm lucky that I don't have to take every gig anymore and I don't have to like you, you pick and choose a little bit. Yeah. yeah. If I don't, if I don't do comedy six nights a week, I don't feel like I'm like slipping, you know what I mean? So, so I can take a, yeah. at least one or two nights off yeah, and just hang out with her. What a dream brain space to be in. Yeah. Um, I, only um, took, I only took about fucking 15, 16 years, <laughs> but I, I teach comedy there. and I tell them all the time. They're like, when am I going to stop? They always ask like, when am I going to stop? Like with this, on stage I'm in my head I'm like I don't know I think I was like I was doing about seven years before I really started to feel like I was like Real, actually myself. comfortable and like saying what you you yeah. know how I you can feel re- up there vividly yeah, totally. remember that like that switch little three show period in a row where I was like oh I'm finally feel like I did when I was like making my friends laugh in high school which right. I feel like is kind of the goal yeah oh that's definitely yeah you're not you're trying to not play yourself anymore you're trying to just be yourself exactly. you're trying to get to that dude the high school friend hang and everybody's cracking up like that's what you're going for yeah for that's sure. pure comedy yeah. pure like laughter pure joy pure happiness absolutely yeah and I think everyone gets there if you stick with it yeah. everyone gets there eventually whatever that may be for you you yeah. do get there at some point and you're right it is this click you go oh I'm finally and it's slow like you start most comics start using someone else's voice you know and then you sort of <laughs> slowly merge that into yeah. your own and um, the true the true I do think that comes with not caring though like you ha- if you've done enough sets now where you actually believe that you're good at it because you're like listen I've 
kills enough that I know if this one group doesn't yeah. laugh, like it's them, not me, or or maybe it's me tonight. But there's gonna be more. There's been yeah. a ton. Exactly. Let's just have fun for this one. Yeah, and, and once you can kind of tell a joke and it lands with a thud and that makes you smile, you're like, ouch. <laughs> like you like the sting of it a little bit. You're like kind of can see the humor in, in it failing. Yeah. That's when you're on to something good. You know, right. you're uh, on to going back to the wife is for a second because oh, you yeah. guys met at the old old show come up uh, the show that shout out Emma Delaney that you were in, instrumental in me meeting my wife say, she was there at this you know crummy bar show on a Wednesday at 10 p.m. yeah uh, did she she walked up to you after your, the Dude, set this too, right? story is crazy I, I've been telling it a lot lately because I've been going to a lot of weddings and people love oh, to hear course. this story yeah, that's classic wedding fodder but it's uh it's even crazier than that dude so the, st- the the way the story goes i don't know if you've ever got this full story i don't think so again um, for me it's we did the show for the usual 12 people that were there uh some of them had, i showed up an hour some early, of them had fun you yeah you I were there was, super i thought early. it was at eight and it was at nine yeah and i just so kind of that plays over into it and saw you after the show talking to this this young you know this young gal <laughs> yeah and emmett and i were kind of like Mm. and my dad kept you know because he came up to you at some point and yeah, said how I remember much he your loved dad me. and he kept being like I want to go say one more thing to Will and I was like no 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 that's you've missed I, whatever you want to say to him I will relay now your he dad's is busy of talking like, to this nice person your dad is a big part of my memory of this whole, <laughs> of this story he really is you but are his the, favorite comic it's one of the, oh really yes yeah, dude he still asks so how nice. you're doing like uh, how, yeah well send him you know tell him tell him I think of him a lot too because it's true uh, I think of that night often. I really think so. You know, at this point in the podcast, it's like, oh, I've talked about, uh, I, I've talked about negative things at times, right? I was like, yeah. oh, I have some drinking issues in the past, uh, anxiety, which is, you know, that's just part of life, and mom, you know, all the all the negative things about the road, whatever. And one of the things I can really hang my hat on now is like, I won one of the, like the biggest lotteries people can win and that I have like a happy marriage and I love my wife like so it's easy to go like you know oh like uh, my special that we had problems with it or this you lose some job you thought you were gonna get it's like I have one of the biggest boxes checked like one of the biggest like things people struggle their whole life to figure out the top of the list the biggest box of them all exactly is, is a big green check for you it's like she's she's great we help each other it's like even compared to girlfriends that i had had that i was serious with i'm like it's just easy yeah. like it's not that hard when you when it's like this so take the best girlfriend that you've had in the past and she's still 10 yeah. levels and make higher, her like your thousand almost years. like yours it's like it's almost like family like the way we have this connection at well, times now you and guys like, are yeah no that's what yeah you know, she pointed that's the that whole, out to you know, me <laughs> it's, yeah, becoming family yeah. making your own family becoming a team yeah I mean, it's you guys, very but she's it's, the best it's the family that you're allowed to fuck yes exactly a lot finally <laughs> been trying to get my family to move to alabama for years to, to just open that can of worms so you're there an hour um, early at common ground so well so yeah so my side of the story is i get there early and i see this girl and i kind of feel like she's looking at me and i'm like hmm, like why is this chick looking at me like <laughs> oh, billy still got it. yeah i guess i still got it but the story goes like this so my wife uh had dated this guy 
who might even listen to this podcast because I know he's a big comedy fan, even though I've never met him. She was dating this guy, you know, casual dating, like for six months. The first date he took her on, he took her to the Burren comedy show. And she, I closed the show in mm-hmm. Murder. Yep. And that was their first date. So fast forward six months later, you know, that's kind of like shit or get off the pot time and like a. Yeah, it's definitely All six months. Brighton. Yeah. Claire, my wife, was new to the city. Um, so she kind of wanted to move on. She didn't really like this guy that much. Like, it just wasn't working. I didn't have that yeah, it could, move forward yeah. thing. So she goes over and breaks up with him after, like, class one day. It's like that, that day, that Thursday. So she goes and breaks up with this guy. She goes home. <clears throat> Her roommate is like, what's up with you? You seem kind of, like, down. She's like, I'm not. She's like, I just broke up with this guy. And, like, he really didn't seem like he cared. Like, and I guess, like, I don't mind that. But it just kind of felt weird. Like, yeah. I thought he would. I thought he might, like, say, let's, let's try this. Or, like, yeah. or at least be sad. But it was just kind of, like, nothing. And I just kind of don't know how to feel about it. So her roommate goes, like, well, you know, let's just go get some beers. Like, that's what you got to do, like, when you're, when you're, like, down. You know, like, let's just go get some beers. So then they go to, like, their regular place, which just so happened to be having, like, a fantasy football draft that night and was packed. Oh, the, so the regular place wasn't even common ground. They never set foot in there. No way. So then they're looking for a new place to go to. So they fucking stumble into the common ground where you're, you and Emmett are setting up a show. And they're like, oh, they're setting something up. Weird. I show up an hour early by accident, and Claire sees me and goes, wow, I think that's the comedian I saw the first night I met this dude. What are the odds that I would see this comedian on the f- first day I meet this guy and on the, and last, the last day of relationship? Day, yeah. she's like, what are the chances of that? So she's like, but I'm not 100% sure if it's him. I got to see if he tells this one joke and then I'll know if it's really him. Imagine right? if you hadn't done the joke. And it was a joke I barely ever told. And, and No and, way. Yeah, he didn't keep either. It was like a joke that never made it on a CD or an album or anything. It was just like a joke I was trying for like a summer and then kind of fucked Get off. Get the it. fuck out of yeah. here. So, Dude, she, imagine Not to mention, she sat joke. through the whole show. I closed it. So yeah. She sat through that whole show. Yeah. I close it and I do the joke. Like, oh my God. Out of luck like so many lucky things have are just happening lined up for you here. yeah and then she and i then do, pete calais <laughs> stuff <laughs> and then she's like i'm i have the set recorded her roommate yells something out and i i, I kind of like know it's the girl and i'm like i don't want to like get into it with you like, you could tell i'm like oh, after, good, good. oh after you did the joke she was like oh my god it's him so, yeah so that one yelled something oh, out and no i way. you can hear me kind of go like okay like i don't want to yeah i'm not addressing this. not addressing it anyway i get off stage fast i have this all on recording too because i never turn my recorder off yeah on purpose like not on purpose i thought i had you can hear me talk to you you can hear me talk to Emmett, and then tilson being tilson he goes over to the cute blonde and starts talking to her. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you're interesting, but listen to this story. So she tells him, she tells Tilson like yeah, yeah, this great, story. But like, I want to, that guy, that and guy, Tilson that guy, being please. a bro was like, I bet Will would really love to hear this. Mm-hmm. So I remember he comes over. He's like, you gotta, you gotta meet this girl. She's got a crazy story for you. So this part I have, I have, I have it like on Google No Drive. shit, you left it recording? Yeah, no, wow. it was in my pocket, like in my shirt. Actually, oh, yeah, I think yeah, I yeah. took it out. I put my phone face down on the table, but it was like, I swear to God, and you can, 
if I played it for you someday, you'll know that like I don't know I'm being recorded. No, so because like I sound like a, I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, how you doing? You guys say so you've seen me before? Cool. No way. So you you accidentally recorded your first conversation, uh, and I still have it. And you're gonna love this. So this she goes. So she tells me a story, and I go, well, you know what? And this is I got to give myself credit for this. I was on. I go, well. And you could tell I just had a good set or something. I go, sounds like fate to me. And I was like, I think we got to go on a date right now. It's only 10 o'clock. It's only 10.30. I'm like, we're in the city. Why don't we just go get a couple drinks or uh, get something to eat or something like that? And we had had such amazing chemistry that her roommate and Tilson were both like, I think that's a great idea. Like, you guys seem like you've known each other 100 years and you just met. This is all on recording. And then we are walking out to go she goes well first let's just walk around we'll figure out where we're gonna go we're walking out and i go oh fuck my recorder's still on and i go if we end up getting married this is gonna be a really crazy recording and then i click it off get the fuck at it that is swear to god if we oh my god dude and that's that's a perfect 10 out of 10 recording yeah and it's like so i have it saved on like multiple platforms yeah i was gonna say you cannot lose that i almost had it animated for the wedding it ended up being like a whole thing oh that's Um, so that's awesome but it was like so then we go um and I'm, i'm telling you man when you know you know this was like i knew like i was like i never had conversation and we're total strangers we have no reason to meet she's from virginia i'm from here like no connection other than the common the common ground uh (laughs) but anyway we walk out and then i go oh like someone forgot something i think it was her forgot her phone or a lot we had to go back like the pocket pad to the bar and i walk in and your dad is walking out and he just gives me this look like you are the slickest motherfucker Like you just scooped this girl right out of this place. And I always want to go, I got to find Kalei's dad and be like, I married her. <laughs> like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he knows, but if he doesn't, I will be sure to tell him. Like, but yeah, it looks I'm, like, oh, he must do this every night. It's like, no, I did it once and I married her. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, It is awesome, an amazing dude. story. Like I tell it a lot because it's just true and it's great to have my wife next to me at a wedding or something going like it's true it's true because everyone thinks I'm bullshit that's so funny that it was recorded my dad's there of like well, look at you Mr. Sly man like, yeah, I can I know the face he did yeah he, he gave me like a little like, like winked probably yeah. like dropped it yeah, like, well, yeah but you know so that's why I say that I go if I'm if I'm worried about something or I feel like oh, you know, the universe gave you universe, a box I, go, to I check. got like the biggest yeah like gift you know just like right from the sky and uh you know it's still like in moment you know it's like marriage you know there's gonna be good days and bad days we've had struggles here and there but nothing like even close to like oh it's just only been i mean nothing close to i never have a day where i'm like did i make a mistake or something Mm, you know like a serious one not even close in fact that was part of it it was like covid was a real test you know because we weren't engaged yet or married. We were just living together and it was a small Ooh. apartment and we were both going through a lot. You know, she's working in healthcare. I'm, I'm working in live entertainment. So it was like the, yeah, we had the opposite the, problems. Yeah. And, um, she was in, and that was, <laughs> I don't I, have a job. My job's too much. Can we? <laughs> exactly. And I think that was, if, if there was a time where we were both kind of stretched too thin and sort of experiencing things in different ways and not, like we both handled COVID kind of differently. I think like that if we were gonna have prop like, but even then, we put everything to the side. Like, I, we had a rule during COVID during the quarantine and stuff that like, 
only one of us could have a bad day. Dude, that's such a good rule. So you decide whoever is clearly having the worst day. The other one has to step it up. The other one has to step it up and be... Um, oh dude i love that rule. no i do i told it to a few people and they're like that's really and we've kept that kind of going yeah and it's dude, uh it was a good rule because it was really necessary during covid because yeah. we were both i mean i was having like all my shit was kind of coming back because i just had so much downtime i'm a widow if if my anxiety had like a title it would probably be like help more health anxiety than anything else so mm, okay this was like my worst nightmare kind yeah of true and um she honestly was like from day one like yeah it's gonna be like the flu but it's gonna be really bad for a lot of people mm, so like okay. she's like we'll always be fine like she said that from like day one she had no fear of like death i yeah. did not i was like we're gonna die from this <laughs> we're gonna be on ventilators in the street she's like shut the fuck up i'm the one having a bad day you exactly can't do this right now. <laughs> exactly so eventually we started calling them the sad pants like who's wearing the sad pants today oh that's so good the sad pa- that's yeah. such a good relationship yeah. like so you have one Way pair to, of sad pants, oh man, and one person can't wear them every day. You got to share the sad. Got to share the sad pants. Yeah, that was that was one of, maybe one of the funniest things I said in a, like one of our little fights, which are pretty fun. Like compared to other fights I've had with people, they're not yeah. real fights. That, oh, so in a, you yell, like our fights are more like, dude, like little discussions. You know how funny we is don't it yell or scream when in that heated moment it sounds so reasonable and logical but then you take the step back and you're like oh i just shouted at her you can't wear the sad pants yeah no, that's literally day. what i said it was, it was like i said i said it's like it's like you're wearing the sad pants every day and i never get to wear them. like that was and then literally we we both like laughed like that we're like wow it was like how many how many covid moments were there like that though you know what i mean it was <laughs> Cause she, her whole oh, grad, shit. she was graduating from like she's a physical therapist, so she was graduating from grad school, and everything was fucked because of COVID. Her whole job <laughs> is touching people and stuff, and oh uh, yeah. So she was like, every her whole career was getting screwed. So she and she had to take all the tests, medical uh, board tests and stuff. Yeah, while all the shit's going cost on, cost a thousand dollars if you if you fail it, you got a year on yeah. ice. It's like a ton of pressure. So she went through this month or two month period where she was like really stressed out all the time, and that's what I was like, you know, it's like you're wearing the sad pants every day, and I never get to wear them anymore. And you have the right to say that yeah. though. It's yeah. how you approach it. But yeah. again, it goes back to that relation. You you can't wear the sad pants every day. Yeah. It's reasonable. But I, 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 people ask me like, oh, you guys have a great relationship. You have a great marriage. Like what's, I go, we just don't, we try, that's like the motto. It's like, we don't let our own shit take over the whole thing. Another thing I think we do well together, which I think I'd never had before, but if it's something that you can't really force, but if it happens, if it's happening in your relationship, it's like, you might be in a good relationship. It's like, we immediately go into like team mode when it's like time to like unpack. It's like, we just unpack. Yeah. Like if it's time to, if there's a mess, like we both clean it up. If it's right. like, we're, we're very good at like splitting saying the task. it, just splitting the task in half and doing it and not being like, well, you aren't doing as much as me yeah. or that's one thing another thing is like you can't be like for every good thing you do you want another good thing back it's like that could that good thing back could come in six months exactly it it all comes back around yeah and i think the second that you do in any relationship i think the second that you do start thinking like well i did this for you now you have to do something for me that's 
it's bad it, you're not you're already like not thinking. slope to just resenting yeah and you're not you're already not thinking of them of them the right like light you're thinking of them as something who like owes you some someone who owes you something or yeah. someone you're in sort of like a tit-for-tat relationship with yep when it's like no it's just it's it, different than that sometimes it can be longer and then also sometimes they might hit you might do one thing it's six months and then all of a sudden they hit you with 10 things and you're yeah. like whoa now i gotta step my shit up yeah that's so true and you know that this is unrelated to me but i hear that that's there's a big thing with like if one of the people in a relationship gets cancer a lot of couples break up like like even married yeah. couples because no matter how nice the non-cancer person is they're just like it's just been years <laughs> just you being sick i kind of see i think that is a conversation for every you know whatever that's a in my that's a reasonable conversation. Yeah, I it was in well, for I, the every reason like, I even cancer noticed, patient and their their partner. I think that that's a very well, the reason reasonable I even noticed thing. it was like a pamphlet at the hospital I saw, and I was like, oh, I gotta read that. Like, <laughs> that seems fucked. <laughs> it was like maybe I'll get a new five. Yeah, I was walking through the hospital and uh, for not a bad reason or anything, but I was like, I saw these pamphlets, and I always look at stuff like that, and it was one of them was like, so you have cancer. And why that means your spouse is more likely to cheat. And I was like, what? Whoa. And I read it and it says it's a statistical thing, like where, of course, men do it more than women, but it is still a thing that really happens. And it's like, basically, it's just caregiver fatigue. And yeah, and that was, have you seen 50 50? The just no. that was very funny. My sister took me and two of my best guy friends, you know, we're 14 years old at the time, like the like. We're, yeah, the fourteenth the worst. We're dude. We're yeah. strong dudes. That's like the worst age. Um, we walk out of the theater bawling our fucking eyes out, and you know she's like sixteen or seventeen. She's like, that didn't really get to me. Yeah. And we were like, you're a monster. Yeah. You're a horrible person. <laughs> but there is one part. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has cancer, and his girlfriend cheats on him. Yeah, and I, I again hearing that it's an actual stat and, yeah. men, and men of course are worse enough for there to be a pamphlet it does not unfortunately does not surprise me imagine, caregiver fatigue seems like definitely like, hey uh you have cancer oh my god yeah we're gonna treat it we're gonna give it everything we have also you're probably gonna be single by the end of this because <laughs> spouses really hate cancer like hate but, it hey if you come out the other side on this whole new world yeah yeah whole new world clean slate you got a great one ahead of you <laughs> have you ever wanted curly hair you might have curly hair after this <laughs> that happens to people that happens <laughs> but yeah they like I saw this pamphlet and I was like, man, imagine getting that pamphlet. You just had the worst news of your life and now here's the second worst news like right after. And then of course they go home and they're like, are you going to cheat on it? And it's like, no, no way. Of course and not. Just, yeah. Six months later. Dude, what, yeah, a, what a situation I hope to never find myself in. Either side. Either, either part, I mean, a part of everyone could probably get that because even if your spouse has like the flu for three days, by the third day, you're like, will you just fucking stop? <laughs> <laughs> day five you're like i think i'm gonna hit up my old high school yeah, yeah, you start googling people <laughs> um two ones to wrap it up on oh, that uh, was so fast Danny. i know it's, what do we mean you're really good at this though that's i just wanted to say that Thanks, like buddy. Uh, that means a lot. i was i was listening to you with jay and matt and i was like man it's 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 a really good quality and Thanks, skill man. to have i really appreciate you saying that it's true though um because again like i said you're somebody that 
I've a always looked up to being in this scene. You are a no. staple because you are a good comic and good person. Thanks, buddy. So to have you in the chair for an hour conversation means the world to me. No, but it, thank you. But I, I just really uh, <laughs> thank you. As <laughs> this well. sounds very kind of cocky, but I was like, I was like, man, I was listening to you interview people, and I was like, you know, I when I started stand up. I was never like really like, oh, I just want to be so famous, you know? Like, I was never like so that guy, but I definitely did like go, I want to get some attention here. And I used to love, I used to just love reading interviews with like actors and comedians and stuff. And I remember thinking, oh, I just love, can't wait to be like interviewed all the time, you know? <laughs> then you kind of get interviewed all the time and you go, oh, this actually kind of sucks like a lot of the time. You just answer yep. the same, everyone asks you the same questions. If it's a print interview, they usually misquote you and, and make you look like in a way that you aren't really. Uh, and I was listening to you and I was like, that's, I've never felt other than like with like super famous interviewers. I've never felt like I want to be interviewed by this oh, guy. Dude. So I thought that I was like, I was like, I just want to go be on the show and oh, be interviewed dude, by Danny. That means the world. Thank you so <laughs> but it really much. does feel that way. And I hope, uh, I think a lot of people will think that when they, when they I really appreciate that. And while we're, there, the best thing. Let me put my dick back in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get up off the floor. Uh, I was gonna say, while we're there, the best thing that you, the listener, can do: five stars on the review, subscribe, tell a friend. Though honestly, like that's literally it. Yeah. If you like an episode, send it to a friend and just be like, "This is cool. I like it." We're building kind of a small army yeah, over man. here. It's it's been really supportive. Some of it. I, th I almost feel like everyone who finds out about it likes it. All, all we need is for people to find out. It's about kind it. of, that's sort of how it's been. It's like for every like two mean comments that I get, there's been a ton of messages though yeah. of like, hey, this is really good. I don't know you. This is awesome. Yeah, you're up against and, yeah. a lot. You know, I think that's tough uh, with podcasts. It's yeah. so tough. I wanted to listen to it and it took me three months but to listen to you it. You know, dude, it's there always. And when Jay, you know, was like, I asked him to come over and he was like, I can't do it this week. Hopefully you'll still have me. I was like, it's weekly yeah. and people got to eat. That's like yeah. what I just love about this is that whoever I is over, like people, it's always going to be happening because yeah. no one's ever not. No, that's hungry, a good idea. You know, I was, and I thought about that last night and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be eating a nice breakfast tomorrow at Dan's. There you go. <laughs> All right. So the two we got, uh, right. are you still Billy Baker? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to like the weather cooling down. I like to do it. Oh, you're like, like a, like a seasonal bake. Yeah. I don't like to bake as much when it's like hot out. That makes, that makes, yeah. dude, I remember when I was, my mom growing up, I'd be like, what's for dinner? She'd be like, we're doing, I'm not turning the oven on. It's, yeah. Yeah. I don't like to stand over ham the salad, oven. chicken salad. I don't even know. like crave the bread as much. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like in the, it's like the, but yeah, I love to bake bread. I moved to a new place in over this summer, so I'm like kind of like excited to use this new Ooh, oven to a little bake more, a little more kitchen space too. Oh, a lot more. Nice, like five times more. It's huge. That that that's a huge kitchen. Hair on my arms still. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like, the biggest room in our house, and uh, we have been the kitchen's been using the biggest room. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's nuts, dude. That's oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll show, I'll send you. Uh, you gotta come over sometime anyway, dude. I would love, dude. I'm not well versed in bread, so let's do. A, oh yeah, we'll do a bread. I'll Billy bring Baker. this. We'll do a, we'll do a bread episode. That sounds yeah, awesome. It's fun. You know what I've gotten really into off. So at the end of last, 
winter i was getting into biscuits because they're like a little easier and a little faster love and biscuits even tastier yep so like you can i can whip up some really good fucking biscuits in like 20 minutes yep it's such a quick thing like sunday morning is like oh i'll just make some biscuits oh, and it's like it's life the, changing it's the good. best treat are you using fro- the butter frozen frozen yeah i usually freeze it like overnight that's too. that's the first yeah. first grate first, it first step grate it down frozen butter frozen. yeah the frozen is the it's a game changer it's, yeah it's and so good uh yeah so i love i'm even like i'm like god those are so i know i might i might make, I might make biscuits make, tomorrow and i make my own like breakfast sandwiches with them with cheddar and egg on oh, my own biscuit. i haven't done that yet it's like that's genius you're just like oh my god you basically feel like you've cracked some sort of like matrix level code you're like this is i thought i loved a breakfast sandwich i had no idea how good a breakfast sandwich could really even fucking be this is like some kind of secret breakfast sandwich slap it on a slap it on a biscuit it's like a cheat code you know it's like grand theft auto you get like you make your head 10 feet like (laughs) get all the guns it's like a cheat code for you're like oh i didn't even know a breakfast sandwich could taste like this i it i'm definitely all right i'm probably gonna do that tomorrow it's really good uh Uh, but yeah i'm uh trying to think you a pie guy I haven't really gone into pie. I do a lot of, I do a lot of like, I did a lot of baguettes. I was Billy Baguettes for a while. Get the fuck out of here. I got a special pan just to make baguettes. Really? Yeah. Damn, that is, that's impressive. (laughs) I had a buddy, actually, no, I did not like, he was an acquaintance. That's, I I like that. Just in case he's listening. He was not your buddy. Yeah. A a roommate who was a a wild guy. And on some days I'd call him a buddy and on others I'd be like, I I need to move out. You're the worst. But one of the funniest things, and then I did take this with me part, partially as my cooking philosophy. He got really into making bread, uh, his senior year. And when asked why, he said, if the peasants could do it, then I can do it now. So true. And that's kind of like we have so much technology. You could just Google a recipe. Yeah. We have all the toys. We don't like bread kneading. Oh, it's so it's. You just throw a dough hook. I on. vibe like, with this buddy friend so much yeah. because I was the same. It's like, first of all, I love I go. I do this to my poor wife all the time. I'll come in right before I stir everything up. I'm like, look at this pile of shit. I'm about to turn this into a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like flour, milk, like. I mean, just, I'm a god. Look at I'm me. Like, yeah, I'm about to create bread out of this. Look at me. I, this yeah. is this is art. Yeah, you just like have turned a pile of garbage into a pile a of goop into a exact dude. And man, and and there is a. I think every bread maker goes through this phase where you're like, I'm gonna save so much money. <laughs> it's you're like bread from the store. No way. For a fraction of that cost, I'll make even like fattier bread at home alone that like will go bad in a day and a half. It takes nine hours <laughs> take to nine make. Nine hours to make. And like, yeah, and, and it doesn't work out that way. One of, dude, that's, I text, my uncle is another big inspiration for cooking for me. And one day I didn't have bread, but I wanted a PB&J. So I just said, I'll make the bread and text texted him that and he goes let me know how it is in nine hours <laughs> yeah it's kind of like yeah that's like <laughs> i texted him, you know at like 9 a.m 10 a.m or whatever you know like i want a pbj for breakfast i texted him around five or six and was like it's pretty good yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah i told you man it's a days long process that, you know honestly though that has that's how baking a loaf of bread has started with me many times like just like kind of i could go for some bread and olive oil right now yeah and then it's just hours later and, and you know the thing with bread is like the weather really does make a difference which is weird which is why 
I like cooking more than baking. And yes, I, the two are totally different. Yeah. Like, because baking is a science and is affected by the weather. Yeah, the environment. Whether, whether it's outside or your house weather yeah. or... You know, maybe you just washed the Little table. Little things can, yeah. And there's more like water leave, droplets in the air near the bowl. A lot of people tell it's you, crazy, like, yeah, man. leave your oven on, or even the light in the oven, the light bulb in the oven can make a difference. Yep. People say every it's, there's it's so many things. So finite. I that, put a little. I like to put like water. I, I'll boil water, and then I'll pour the boiling water on like a like a cookie pan underneath the bread while it bakes, because that will steam the whole time and then make the bread crust a little more like crackier and crinklier. All right. So sad pans <laughs> and water under, I got dude. That's, that's a big one. I learned that from, I think I learned that from that's uh, huge from a cookbook or something. That's awesome. But that's a big one. Uh, and the stock question that everyone, Oh yeah. Uh, animal that you would eat, no societal or legal consequences. What do you want to munch? What do you want to try the most? <laughs> I thought about this so much, and I think I might have the most psychotic answer that anyone's. <laughs> Jay said his dog. That's <laughs> pretty psychotic. <laughs> I kept kind of. It was funny as hell, and well, he made sense. I wouldn't, but there's there's eating and there's tasting, right? Ooh, because I've always wondered what, and I hate to even admit this, but like as a kid, I've always been like. People must taste good if cannibals eat them. There's there's no wrong there's no wrong answer to this question. <laughs> In this room, any answer flies. I think I completely agree. There's also been you know, I've Like we're eating about, bacon, right? And yeah. it's delicious. Pigs love things that are delicious. They would eat bacon no problem without knowing what it was. I think that it has to be prepared properly. Human. Be yes. Because I read a segment from a cool book. Am I the first person to say human? I No. Oh, good. I think someone said, I think it was Sam Buck who <laughs> started with, he said horse tartare and then was like, but I mean, also like people, can, can I say, he, like no, you definitely went into it the most proud so far. And I respect that. I just think it's like, we all know it's out there. We've seen a live, we've, we've heard of cannibalism. We, I mean, army hammer. I don't like, it's not something I dream about. It's not something I like think about and jerk off or go, Oh, I wish I could eat a person, but I'd be lying if I hadn't thought like Hannibal Lecter is one of the most got taste like character. I mean, dude, the show Hannibal and the way that, they prepared those dishes. Yeah. It looks, it's fine dining. Yeah. And it looks delicious. And I'm always fascinated by like those stories you hear like, Oh, the King like cut up his slaves and fed them to his other slaves. And they like loved it. And at the end he told them and they all vomited. So it's like, what was it like up until then? They were like, this is an amazing meat. I've never had, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, 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 what are you? Like I, it would like? repulse me to, if you've, Gave me a plate with like a steak on it. We're like, that's a human steak. Oh, so you want to just be told it's regular steak? I don't. I, I'm just saying. W you said without any consequences. Yeah, without any. Yes. So I mean, without consequences of getting sick, without consequences of feeling bad, without consequences ah. of like. So we're in a total hypothetical here where I can, without any problem, find out what human meat tastes like. I'm taking it, but there is no real scenario. Other now, than starvation, where I would want to do it. In this, again... I feel like this is going to be played in a courtroom one day <laughs> when I'm fucking... <laughs> in this no consequence, <laughs> you know, you just want to see what it tastes like. Now, if somebody handed you, like, a pill or, like, a be like beyond beef... Like a lollipop? <laughs> yeah, or, like, a beyond beef patty. The lolly yeah, let's go lollipop. Somebody yeah. handed you a lollipop and said, this is what human meat tastes like. 
is that a good enough but there's no human meat in the lollipop <laughs> or is it no just, they uh, there's got to be some for the taste but I if you can recreate say, it i'm you know what i'm even more interested in than the taste what does it smell like cooking mm, that again garlic has I wa- a, everything smells different pre post and, I, and during cook people so yeah what would it smell said, like people who have had to eat meat human meat have said that it tastes like pork like it's a porky hmm. consistency and a porky taste which I'm kind of like, if you look at a pig's skin and a pig's like fat, it's kind of like a person. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. That's so definitely that could make sense. Yeah, I, I bet it's not good. Like I don't like pork other than oh, bacon. Oh, so like I don't like a pork chop really. So I probably what about like, like a sweet and sour fried pork like that you get from like a Chinese restaurant? Yeah. So like what like if I'll some- fuck with it, but I'm not gonna or I'm not gonna order. It. I'm not like super into pork stuff. And what part of the, what part of the human? Because that's a whole other thing. Too. Oh, definitely like ass or you know what i mean like i just want a piece of the ass it's the only option yeah yeah like in fact i'm like i almost want to be like come on don't be gross danny obviously i'm gonna pick the ass oh give me that neck skin i want that fucking disgusting like yeah <clears throat> all right um, I, I, i'm not even want to answer i thought your next question was gonna be man or woman and i was gonna say dude i don't i don't even want to know danny yeah, and what race? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be that oh, would be Oh fucking, my god. If like every race had a different taste, which it probably, it probably maybe does. does, dude. I mean, definitely just based on diet, right? Imagine um that'd be a funny sketch a uh, racist cannibal. Oh my like, god. Just like you keep, oh, you keep fuck, bringing dude. me Hispanic people. <laughs> you know I don't like spicy food. <laughs> fucking hell. All right, uh we're going to wrap this up. Uh uh, 50 TikToks at once. Oh, yeah. The special on YouTube. It's free. Go watch, Go watch it. it. It's man. so good. Thank you, Dan. Will's the best. Uh, Will Noonan, the comedian, is the Instagram. He's gonna, You're a laugh soon, too, right? Laugh yeah, Boston and headlining? End of the month, 29th. And then nice. I got, yeah, that's the 10th anniversary, and then I got some headlining. I think I'm there the night before, so 28th I'm headlining, and then the 29th right. is like... I'll put links to both of those. Will... Thanks, man. I will get back on the floor for a second. You are the best. You nah, are such you, a phenomenal man. person and comedian. Thank you for coming <laughs> thank over, you, man. Thank you, buddy. This is a blast. Bam! Alrighty. Goodbye, everybody. Love ya.